All right, well, welcome again to, to Spring Life Church for worship today, and welcome also to those that are tuning into the podcast, and well, we are just very glad to be back at church today, and we are again glad that you are listening at home wherever you are at, and uh, uh, today, if you would like to read along in our passage today, we are in uh, Isaiah Isaiah and chapter 55 we're going to be looking into today. So if you would like to read along and would like to turn there, Isaiah chapter 55, and we're going to be reading the entire chapter. So let's read Isaiah chapter 55. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me. Listen. That you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a ruler and commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you know not, and nations you do not know will come running to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. He has endowed you with splendor. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them and to our God for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you, and all of the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper, and instead of briars the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown. For an everlasting sign that will endure forever. Father, we thank you for your word and that inside your word we are able to discover the way and the truth and the life. Holy Spirit, come and open our ears so that we are able to hear. Holy Spirit, open our eyes so that we are able to see. And Holy Spirit, touch our hearts again today 
in this cold and barren place. Lord, touch our hearts and and make them alive again to be able to receive your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, in our series, Wisdom for the Battle, we've been digging out Bible nuggets of godly wisdom that will help us as we move forward in 2021. We've learned that God is both a promise maker, but he is also a promise keeper. Amen? And that no matter what life throws at us, even in the valley of the shadow of death, God is with us. And God loves us. He understands our pain and disappointments. Because in Christ, God experienced all of these firsthand. You see, God is both a promise maker and a promise keeper. We learn that although this life is fragile, that we are like the grass and the flowers of the field that fade away. We learned that in Christ, Jesus is faithful to save us for eternity in the presence of his love and faithfulness. Amen. And last week, we mined more nuggets of godly wisdom. We learned to trust that the battle is the Lord's. It's his battle. We see throughout the Bible, example after example of the battles that arise. And when God's people fight in their own strength and in their own way, we see them time after time fail. But we also see time and again that God wants in the battle. He wants in his battle. He wants to fight for his children. He wants to fight for his name. He wants to fight to set captives free. Therefore, trust that the battle is the Lord's. We also witnessed That even when we can't see it, the Lord goes before us into the battle. The Lord goes before us into the battle. We saw what happens when in our pain and in our frustrations, in the middle of our hardships and injustice, when rather than fighting in our own strength, in our own way, Rather than complaining about the situation to others, we witnessed what happens when we first turn our face to heaven and cry out to the Lord. For he is love and faithfulness. He is. He's already there going before us preparing to bring victory in his way and in his timing. We can be assured that as Romans 8.28 says, and we know that in all things, say all things, when we know that in all things, 
God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. All things, the good and the bad, the pleasant and the not so pleasant. He is working all of these things together for the good of those that love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And last week we discovered what we are to do while we are waiting for the Lord to call us into his battle. Godly wisdom that we are to live by while we are waiting comes out of Proverbs chapter 3, 5 and 6. To trust in the Lord with all our heart. And to lean not on our own understanding of the situation. But in all of our ways to acknowledge him. And he will make our path straight. And we also learned what that word acknowledge basically means. It means to submit to God. And we saw an example from Job 22 21a, submit to God and be at peace with Him. So as we return to the mine of godly wisdom in search of another nugget, let's search to understand the God of peace. The God of peace. And in order to do this, let's first understand the context of this statement in the middle of the book of Job, where it is placed in there, in in that book. For those of you that may not know, although Job lived long after creation, the book of Job was almost certainly the earliest book written in the Bible. We find out in Job chapter 1 that Job was blameless and upright, that he feared God, that he shunned evil. We learn that he had seven daughters and, excuse me, seven sons and three daughters. He had 7,000 sheep. He had 3,000 camels. He had 500 yoke of oxen, 500 pair pulling oxen. He had 500 donkeys, and he had a large number of servants. And at the completion of this description of Job's prosperity, Holy Spirit directed the author to describe Job as being the greatest man among all of the people of the East. That's a pretty good statement. It's clear that by the standards of Job's time, he was a very wealthy, influential, and prosperous man of God. But then tragedy comes upon Job, and the Lord allowed Satan to strike at Job. And all ten of his adult children died. All of his servants and his animals were killed or stolen. And Job himself was afflicted with painful sores from the soles of his feet to the top of his head. Job lost everything except two messengers, 
a hurting, angry wife who wanted him to curse God and die, and three judgmental friends who sat with him seven days and then began blaming him for bringing all of these things upon himself. It's here in chapter 22 that one of these named Eliphaz tells Job to submit to God and be at peace with him. While we understand that this phrase, it truly is a godly nugget wisdom of wisdom, Eliphaz went on to say incorrectly that if Job submitted to God and lived at peace with him, that prosperity would return to him. Eliphaz was basically saying, if you, Job, if you had been living in submission to God, you would still be living in peace and prosperity. That's what he was saying. Many a scholar, down to the casual reader of the Bible, many have tried to understand why God. You ever said that? You ever thought it? Yeah, absolutely we have. Why? Why, God? Why did God allow all of these disasters to befall a God-fearing, God-honoring man, the greatest man among all of those in the East? Why? Why did God allow these things to happen to Job? And furthermore, Why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? The events that befell upon Job, they defy human reason. Especially when that human is a religious person living in the land of comfort and plenty and peace. You see, a religious reason naturally leads... judgment. Can I say that again? Religious reason naturally leads to judgment. Something must have been wrong with Job. Something must have been wrong in so-and-so's life or else God would have kept that from happening. Job's friends were judging him based upon the tragic events of his life. And as I shared many times over the years, I don't understand why Job. And I don't understand why you. Or why me. There is no human reason that we can understand why Almighty God allowed And allows evil to exist and to operate. There's no way we can ever understand this side of heaven. Job didn't understand. And I surely didn't understand why the Lord allowed the corona to get me. We don't always understand why certain things come upon us. And or others that we know. And others that we love. But what we do, 
And where we go in the middle of it, especially when we don't understand, that's what's important. You see, in our passage today, let's mine another nugget of godly wisdom that is in Isaiah chapter 55, verses 1 through 3. The loving, faithful God of peace speaks to those who thirst for him. The loving, faithful God of peace speaks to those that thirst for him. He speaks to those that have lost their earthly source of provision. He speaks to those that have lost their earthly security. He speaks to those whose earthly lives have fallen apart. You see, it's only the loving and faithful God of peace that continues to speak to those that thirst for him. But it's not only the loving, faithful God of peace that speaks to those that thirst for him, but we also see that the loving, faithful God of peace, he provides rest for their soul. He provides rest for their soul. Not only did the Lord allow Satan to strike at Job, but he he listen he allowed job to wrestle with his loss in the middle of it all he allowed him to wrestle with it and as we read the narrative we try to place ourselves in the sandals of job i pray never be in those sandals as we experience inflictions in life we too Wrestle. Where is God when life falls apart? What? Why is this happening? God, what in the world are you doing? Why is this happening? Have you ever been there? Job was. And I have more than once. And without a doubt, most of you listening have been there. And it is quite possible that some of you listening today are right there in the middle of it. If you are tired and weary and burdened by the heaviness of life, are you listening? Are you looking? Do you hear God's voice? Does your heart hunger and thirst for rest for your soul? Then take this to heart. Because there is the loving, faithful God of peace. And he really does provide rest for the soul. And the last nugget of wisdom for today that we'll see is besides the loving, faithful God of peace speaking to and providing rest for the soul, we see that he provides joy and peace. He provides joy 
and peace. Wouldn't it be wonderful if the Lord was like a vending machine? That every prayer you pass up was like putting it in the machine and you got everything that you wanted. Wouldn't it be wonderful if the Lord, if our prayers didn't seem to get hung up? Ever had that happen? You're trying to get the chips out and the chips won't come out. And you're shaking the dumb machine and the chips won't come out. Sometimes our prayers are like that. It just seems like, God, what are you doing? Just, just give me this one thing. Wouldn't it be wonderful if the Lord was like a vending machine? Especially when life shakes violently and we cry out for help in hopes that the Lord will hear and put things back the way they were. But truth be told, God doesn't always work like that. Because if he did... Our brother Ted Wilson would be sitting with us worshiping today. He'd be sitting right there. We asked the Lord to heal him. We prayed the Lord to heal him, knowing that God is a God that does heal. We wanted the Lord to heal Ted so that Ted would stand and proclaim to the world the greatness of his Lord. But as we are painfully aware, the light inside Ted's life faded and his body passed away on November 5th. And I miss him. Holy Spirit consoled me after Ted's passing with Isaiah chapter 55 verses 8 and 9 the lord reminded me that although our prayer would have he- our prayer would have healed Ted's physical body and honored the name of the lord his god holy spirit reminded me for my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are my neither are your ways my ways declares the lord As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Even when we don't understand, in the middle of it all, we can trust in the Lord. We can trust that the God of all creation, who sustains this world, This same God who created and knit us together in our mother's womb, Psalm 139, 13. Even there in the middle of it all, we can know and we can trust that love and faithfulness, our God of peace, that he has us in the palm of his hand. We can trust that he knows better than us. And we can trust that although things may be different, we can take to heart in the hearing of the words of his promise to one who looks to, listen, listen, friends, 
the words of his promise to the one who looks to, to the one who trusts in, to the one who submits to the Lord our God, especially in the middle of it all. Hear and be encouraged by his word in Isaiah 55, chapter 12, to this one who submits to and trusts the Lord no matter what. You will, we will go out in joy and be led forth in peace, even though things may not change. We can still, oh, I love it. Thank you, Lord, that we will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. 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 After after that which we do not understand, after choosing to trust the Lord, after trusting Him in the middle of that which we don't understand, our God who is love and faithfulness, He will lead us out into joy and we will again be led forth in peace. This, this is our God of peace. This song that we're about to play was a song I listened to over and over and over again in the hospital in the middle of it all. And the Lord strengthened me and encouraged me. And I pray that this song will be an encouragement to you right where you are. For those of you that are at home listening, if you would like to Uh, search this song out. It's called Waymaker, Michael W. Smith. Waymaker, Michael W. Smith. And may each of you listening be encouraged through the words of this song.